Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Monday, December 18th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Monday uh, NHL card. We've got five games on tap. This is our final week of shows before the Christmas break. We're on the air each day this week, Monday through Saturday. Saturday will be our final show. Uh, a huge card on Saturday, December 23rd at noon Eastern. And then after that, we're off on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and what they call Boxing Day uh, in Canada, which is December 26th. And then we will be back on Wednesday, December 27th. That'll be our first show after uh, the Christmas break. So that's our schedule for the next week. Uh, we'll get to the Monday games uh, in just a moment. We'll get to the Sunday recap briefly in just a minute. Uh, I kind of wish I had taken a sick uh, day and a day off like Alex did yesterday because that card yesterday was hideous and it didn't treat me well. And I'm thinking, I was thinking to myself in retrospect, Jesus, all these big favorites, man, I should have I lightened the load a little bit, but uh, we actually, you know what? I kept the units small, but you know the volume was still there, like normal with yours truly. So that I regret. But anyway, hopefully, bigger and better things today. But we got to start with the big breaking news. A lot about an hour ago, DJ Smith fired as head coach of the Ottawa Senators. And to be honest with you, I thought they would make that decision after last night's loss. The question was going to be: Would they announce it, and would they make it official after or today, while the road trip is still going? Because Ottawa's right in the middle of this Western road trip. Uh, that the, so you know I th sometimes what these teams do is when they're on the road like this like Ottawa is they wait till they get home to make the announcement of the coaching change but no they've announced it right away uh, today after that uh, pretty awful performance against Vegas last night that they've made the change DJ Smith out Jacques Martin takes over as the interim coach of course he's been brought in as a con coaching consultant here uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks uh, by the Ottawa Senators so not at all a surprise. Uh, to see uh, him get the interim job, at, at least in the meantime. So that's that's uh, not really that shocking to me. What's a little bit more surprising is that Daniel Alfredson will become an assistant coach here for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, although if you hearken back to the Global Series uh, in Stockholm, Sweden, we also remember that um, he was behind the bench in a guest coaching role that now when you look back on it, kind of feels like maybe they were just testing the waters and giving him an audition of sorts, if you will, for maybe what if we put Daniel Alfredson in a full-time coaching capacity behind the bench, either as an assistant or a head coach at some point. And sure enough, now here he is, the legendary Ottawa Sen, probably the greatest Ottawa Senator of all time uh, to this day, uh, now will be an assistant coach with this um, change that has been made behind the bench with Jacques Martin, the interim head coach. It's just gotten away from Ottawa. It's been a combination of Weak defense, goaltending issues. I mean, Corpus Salo and Forsberg, from a consistency standpoint, have not lived up to the bill. Um, you know, you've seen some of their forwards even underachieve just a little bit at times this year. Uh, and you've just seen uh, special teams has been kind of a problem area throughout the course of the season with consistency for Ottawa. And just the way they've lost some of these games. They've been blown out in multiple games of late. They've had leads in games in multiple games of late and blown them and lost like the Dallas game on Friday night, which I think was one of the final catalysts toward this change being made, was just the way they lost that Dallas game, which was about as awful as it gets because they had multiple two-goal leads, and they ended up losing 5-4 to the Stars that night. But change has to be made. Like They, are in, they thought coming into this year, again, they were win-now mode, make the playoffs, now's the time, we're ready for this. And so far, at least, they have proven they're not ready for this. Uh, and they figured a change has to happen now to see if they can salvage uh, this season because that's where we're at. I mean, they still have that this sentiment with the Ottawa uh, front office that they can be a playoff team. And right now, when you look at this squad, if they're going to try to make a change and get their season back on track, it's got to happen now. you got to make this change now and see what happens. I don't know if this is going to be enough to get Ottawa back into the playoff mix uh, this season, but they have to make a change. and. Um, this is one where I can't say the coach didn't deserve to get fired. I think there that there had to be a change. If for DJ Smith, it's been too many bad losses. It's been too many results where you've pissed away points. Uh, this is different from Jay Woodcroft, where I thought the firing was not really deserved for him. 
Uh, this was different. I thought it was time. Uh, DJ's run his course. He's had opportunity last year to turn this team into a playoff group. Underachieved. He's had opportunity this year to make them a better hockey team, and it didn't happen. Uh, and it was time to make a change. So now, of course, like with every coaching change, it goes to the players. And I will say this, Alex, uh, before I turn it over to you about this coaching change. With Jacques Martin, if you hadn't know anything about Jacques Martin going back to when he coached Ottawa initially in the early 2000s and late 90s, this is a defensive-minded coach. If you're not going to play 200-foot game, you're not going to play for Jacques Martin. You have to be responsible away from the puck. And so I'm wondering if this is going to turn into a bit of an under team from a totals perspective. If we see this team really try to change their spots and really play Titan defensive play uh, in their own zone that's going to be a fascinating development moving forward because i know i can tell you that's definitely the way jacques martin is going to want uh, this team to play uh, and will they be turning into more of a you know tighter more conservative uh team that maybe doesn't take as many chances doesn't pitch the defensemen and they have defensemen galore like sanderson and shabbat and chikrin that just love to jump into the play uh, will they maybe not be doing that nearly as much now with uh, a very defensive-minded head coach taking over the reins, at least in the interim, in Jacques Martin. Uh, Alex, what do you think here are the big news coming out of Ottawa? Yeah, I mean, we we you know speculating for the longest when DJ Smith would get fired. And like I said, we just weren't really sure when. You know, there was seemed like a few different times where they could have made this uh, move. Like I said, go on and do it now. And, you know, go back to that trip in Sweden where we – that's kind of where we, I think the majority of us thought, oh, when they come back from that trip, that, that he'd be probably be getting the axe. And we noticed Daniel Alfredson on the bench, and we thought, okay, well, you know, he's in Sweden. Like you said, he's the greatest center of all time, just kind of making it seem like it was this kind of ceremonial thing. They didn't do that for one game. They did it for both games. And it, that kind of just sparked something in my head that maybe that's signaling some kind of, you know, in having him a little bit more involved with the, the, the players in the bench and being on the bench directly. Sure enough, now he's the assistant with Jacques Martin coming as, as head coach. And like you mentioned, Obviously, his tenure uh, back from 96 to 2004 would certainly be a lot different than now just because of just how everything has changed with the game. Uh, his last coaching job was in 2012. Ended up getting fired with Montreal. He's also with Florida. And I forget about that Florida tenure. He got that job uh, following up Mike Keenan. Of course, he's a yep. Mike Keenan guy going back to their days when he was an assistant with the Blackhawks uh, yes. in, in, the, in the 89, 90, 91. So, uh, like I said, yeah, he's going to be defensive-minded, but he's got to have some kind of offensive creativity uh, in store. Maybe that's where Alfredson comes in. Maybe he's going to be the guy that kind of runs things from an offensive standpoint. And uh, I, I just believe this coaching hire, though, is kind of a, a setup role to possibly maybe move Alfredson into the head coaching spot. I should hope so, Alex, because he's 71, Jacques Martin. Like, this is not <laughs> yeah. going to be – he's going to be the coach for five years. That's not happening. No. Yeah, well, then you never know because, you, you know, we saw Sutter get a three-year deal and he was, you know, yeah. up in age. So crazier things have happened, but I really do believe this seems to be like a, a kind of a training almost role for Daniel Alverson to probably, probably be uh, led in as the coach. And I think that's a decent idea, especially, you know, when you, if you're trying to cater to the fan base, you know, it's new ownership. They aren't happy about the arena being 100 miles away, uh, you know, from, from downtown and all these different things. And, so maybe trying to bring, you know, a, a fan favorite back into the role would kind of help. But, you know, going this young and inexperienced from a coaching standpoint, you know, down the line, if this is the, what we're seeing at the transfer of power where Martin finishes the year, Alfredson gets announced uh, at the end of it, the beginning of the next year. That, I don't know, I think that might be rushing it a little too bit. And you don't want to get into this whole kind of, uh, you know, uh, semblance where certain teams like Chicago, like Minnesota, like a lot of places where they get so caught up on having a former player or somebody who's been with that organization. You don't want to get caught into that rut because I've seen a lot of franchises in many different sports get stuck in that hole and then they can't, it's hard for them to break out. of. So, you know, I, I hope that they kind of know what they're doing here by, by just throwing Alperton and Martin into the mix because this just seems like it's just a mess of let's just get some old guys in to patch things up right now and, and keep things floating. But, there could be some growth and potential moving forward. Yeah, and it's going to be fascinating. We won't have to wait much longer to see the Ottawa Senators in the first game with Jacques Martin in the interim. And, of course, Daniel Alfredson is an assistant because they're back in action tomorrow uh, against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So we'll see how that game uh, fares, uh, to, plays out tomorrow night. And, of course, we will talk about that game tomorrow 
uh, on the uh, show. As far as the uh, Sunday games, uh, Vancouver uh, 4-3 against Chicago. Pretty solid effort by the Blackhawks, but they fall just short to the Canucks. 2-1 Washington in a shootout. Gosh, Carolina, man, they just... What an erratic bunch, huh? They have those couple games at the end of the road trip, get back on track, blow a lead to Nashville. I thought it was a nice spot to bounce back, and the offense dries up. Couldn't get anything going yesterday against uh, Washington. They lose in a shootout 2-1. Vegas, 6-3 again against Ottawa, which was probably one of the final, the final nail in the coffin for DJ Smith, as we just talked about. 6-2 Colorado over San Jose, a nice bounce back for the uh, Avs last night after the loss to Winnipeg the night before. And then, of course, <coughs> excuse me, the surprise of the night, the Anaheim Ducks uh, rising up and just spanking the New Jersey Devils 5-1 to one, uh, last night, finally snapping this ugly losing streak. And um, it felt like kind of an Anaheim spot to maybe snap it. New Jersey was on a back-to-back after a very, very comfortable win against Columbus. And sure enough, Anaheim finally got going. And um, Adam Henrique. Man, he has done serious damage. I don't know what New Jersey did to piss him off, but ever since he's gone back there multiple times to play the Devils, since he's been with other teams, including Anaheim, he has made them pay, and he had a hat trick last night in the victory for the Anaheim Ducks. So great to see for Anaheim, snap the win streak. But now they're in a tough spot tonight, which we'll get to in a minute. They're back in action tonight, second of back-to-back, third and four nights on the road as they face Detroit. Uh, in tonight's uh, card, but Alex, brief thoughts on uh, Sunday's uh, action. Yeah, like I said, you know, it wasn't the greatest of, of, a, of a card, uh, and I, I didn't really like much of anything. There was a couple of things I jumped in on live that didn't come through. Uh, the Hawks, I, I like them kind of coming back, and that was a tough spot for them. Two o'clock start. Of course, the team had traveled uh, to be with Kevin Korchinski and, uh, and his father's, uh, you know, funeral service. Uh, yeah. A great, a great gesture to see, and you saw the, you know, the energy there with the Hawks early, and, and it's interesting. I didn't, I, I, you know, normally would be on first uh, period both teams to score, but I wasn't sure where what we see from the Hawks early in the game. I figured that the Hawks might bring a little bit of energy late in the contest, and I thought that Vancouver, especially in the second of a back-to-back, but already playing a day game, might have matched that effort. It was, it was actually quite the opposite. First period, Chicago dominated. Uh, and in the second period, it was just all Vancouver as they end up coming back and, and, and rolling on away with the win there. So the Hawks struggling yet again. Good win for Vancouver. That's a game that they would normally lose uh, in previous years. And I, I you know, did, uh, did edge work earlier this morning with uh, So Money, who's a, a you know, Canucks fan, lives in Vancouver. And he said the same thing about how those this, this weekend, for them to get three points out of a possible four, shows the growth and sign of, of this Canucks team where two, three, four years ago, they would have got crushed certainly in a back-to-back spot with you know, on day games like that against uh, non-division opponents. So a good sign for them. Anaheim and, and New Jersey, uh, where has this Ducks team been the last two and a half weeks? You know, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to, to, to jump in and grab a, a potential spot on New Jersey uh, live when, when they were down just 2-1, and they completely laid an egg. Lucas Dostal had to come in for an injured John Gibson in the third period. Thought that might have shaken things up in the favor of New Jersey, and if anything, it gave more life to Anaheim. Like you said, Adam Henrique going off, getting the hat trick there for the 5-1 win. So it'd be nice if Anaheim could continue to play like that as somebody who holds a uh, plus-1100 ticket for them to make the playoffs. But I don't know if that remains to be seen. And New Jersey is goaltending. I mean, there's a lot of teams who have goaltending issues. New Jersey is, is pretty bad. But it can't be any worse than what Carolina is doing right now. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that, you know, close game. 2-1, uh, you know, uh, against the, you know, the Caps. They end up losing it. And then they announced today that they are giving Aaron Dell, our old buddy Aaron Dell, getting a tryout, uh, which is just stunning. I mean, one, I thought he was with the Columbus organization. I didn't realize that they had released him at some point. Two, when you look at his numbers, just last year in the AHL, where he spent most of his time with the San Jose Barracuda, 15-17 and 17, uh, goals against in the, you know, 3-4 or higher below 900 save percentage his last 21 starts in the nhl over the last three years two eighteen and one combined uh this is just an absolute mess and we said this i said this going to the free agency show makes no sense to bring back auntie ranta and frederick anderson when we know how often they get hurt and now you're in this situation and the fact that you had a piotr kachekov who you threw into playoff games when you needed him he, he delivered to the best of his ability Played well in the AHL, okay, helped the team win a Calder Cup. 
and then looked decent in some certain starts when you gave him the time. But instead, you threw him in and you're carrying three goalies. He wasn't getting any looks in the, in the AHL because you guys don't have an AHL team. So now you have this Kachekov's confidence is rocked. Anderson will be coming back at some point, but okay, so when does he get hurt again is what the question we'll ask there. Antiranta, same deal. He's playing good for now, but then he's also kind of hit and miss. And then once he gets on a roll, usually he gets hurt. So now you're going into the recycling bin, not the bargain bin, the recycling bin to get uh, a, a goaltender like Aaron Dell. This is bad. And like I said, Don Waddell, yes, he's one of the better GMs in the league. But if this stretch causes you to miss the playoffs, when this is a team we're talking about winning the Metro Division, winning the Eastern Conference, being a cup contender, you got to fire Waddell because this is just egregious. And now I'm, I've heard rumors and stuff saying that this wasn't his call. This is a call from above. But this is absurd to have a team with this much offensive and defensive talent and you rely on scraps for goaltending. Uh, you know, you should learn from other teams that that doesn't work. So Carolina's in the jackpot, and that's something we'll be looking for. If they can, if they do sign, uh, as you call them, farming the Dell, hopefully we'll be putting some money in our pockets once again. I get the feeling just from what I've seen from a side. You said it came from a call from above. With this that's, that's, what that's, that's rumors I'm hearing. That, that, that doesn't that, surprise no, no, that, me. That, because... Not Dell, not but, but the fact that of bringing Ronta and Anderson back. That wasn't why oh, Dell's right. call. That was, that was done over here. Yeah, which to me, and look, he's clearly one of these passionate, obsessed with the team owners, and I'm talking about Tom Dundon. But from an astute sports mind standpoint, I'm not so sure it's there for him. Yeah. So that's what I sense. He's a little fanatical fan of the team, and he's got to have some kind of say and some kind of input. And you're right. I definitely think there's some truth to that uh, with what we have seen here uh, from from Tom Dundon as as an owner here of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So, um, yeah, it's a mess. Aaron Dell is not going to be your answer. They called up this uh, young kid, too, uh, as well, that's in the mix now, Parrots. You know what? What? What's he going to uh, deliver? And right. you've got Pyotr Kochekov, and and now Andy Ronta's down uh, in uh, Alex's or, original home, <laughs> Chicago, yeah, the uh, Chicago yeah, Wolves. Wolves. And to me, people are going to say, "Okay, he's down there to get his game back on track." Will he get his game down back on track down there? Because look, he's an older guy. This has got to be a blow to Andy Ronta's ego and confidence being thrown down to the AHL after all these years in the twilight of his career. And what I'm doing right now while Alex was talking is trying to find the next time the Wolves play in the AHL, and I see it's tomorrow, hosting the uh, Manitoba Moose. I'm going to be on Manitoba in the over in that game. I'm telling you, I'm betting that right now, in fact. Makes sense. I'm betting that. Manitoba in the over. Yep. And I'll tell you why it makes total sense, and I'm a Wolves fan. The Wolves have been awful this year. And the reason they've been awful this year is because they've had to hire a bunch of, you know, just free agent randoms because they chose not to have an affiliate with Carolina, which has caused this whole kind of a mess to begin with. That's why you've seen Carolina guys not being able to really rehab or, or do the normal routines with AHL clubs. They've sent them to, like, three different places so far. And, and the Wolves have struggled. And, that's also a good bet because it's the Wolves on a Wednesday night, which that's almost uh, the same run like a Hawks on a Sunday night. So, yeah, it makes sense. If, if you're looking to bet some AHL action, Manitoba Moose might be a good pick tomorrow. Yeah, our guy Goose in the chat says, according to a report from Frank Zaravalli, that Antti Ranta asked to be sent down. Well, if that's the case, that's commendable. I, I do give him that credit, but I don't yeah. know if that's going to be. But here's the thing, that form. team – and that team is not going to, you know what I'm saying? He's not, it's one thing to do that. With They're not going to be the camp. defensive stalwarts that you've been having in Carolina these right. last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, so, right. So no matter what his work looks like, the numbers yeah. aren't going to reflect it because this is a bad team in front of him. So yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's going to help bring his confidence back. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. I, Give me Manitoba in the over tomorrow in that AHL game against uh, the Chicago Wolves. I'm going to t- put that theory to the test that this is not going to be the cure that uh, a- the, 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 what, this, what ails uh, Auntie Ronta, this little experiment down there uh, in the uh, AHL. All right, let's get to Monday's card. We'll begin in the Motor City, Anaheim, Detroit, Detroit minus 240, home favorites, six and a half the total here in this game. Um, this is a really tricky game. Detroit's not playing with Detroit. I don't want to lay this price with. I don't even love the minus one regulation, anything with Detroit. One and five in their last six games. The only victory was at St. Louis against the Blues, the, the game before they fired Craig Berube. Uh, so, 
you know, that's not really what you want to see out of a big favorite. But for Anaheim, it's a tough spot back to back third road game in four nights after beating uh, New Jersey uh, five to one. Do we trust them to win two in a row? Uh, John Gibson left the game due to dehydration yesterday against uh, the um, New Jersey Devils. Lucas Dostal had to finish the game. And Lucas Dostal is likely going to start tonight because Gibson's unavailable. Gibson's away tending to the birth of his child. So uh, that's what we are looking at. Probably Dostal and net, although it hasn't been confirmed at the moment. Billy Huso will be in net for Detroit. They're still without, of course, David Perron's uh, serving the suspension. And Robbie Fabry has shown up uh, on the injured list as a potential miss here. Game time decision for him. And obviously we know how well he's played. And certainly I know firsthand, betting all these props lately, uh, with Robbie Fabry, but there is a chance he misses this game for Detroit in this one. I do kind of lean over because after a game where they've only scored one goal combined, Detroit against uh, Philadelphia and Carolina in the last two losses, only one goal in those two games combined. But doesn't this feel like a breakout game for Detroit? It really does. A tired Anaheim team. They've been on the road quite a bit. Dostal's going to have to play on back-to-back nights. I could definitely see Detroit getting uh, a bunch of goals and getting their offense and their confidence back again. So I think the over three and a half, I might lean that way with Detroit team total. I uh, certainly would lean over six and a half. I'm also, and I don't, I'm not convinced this game is tight late, but I have to bet something on this draw, Alex, based on the history. I have to. I mean, the history of the Ducks and the Red Wings. I mean, you talk about uh, draw city, draw island which we've been calling the New York Islanders. Uh, that's what it's been for the Ducks and the Red Wings head-to-head. Four of the last five meetings have gone to overtime or a shootout, and five of the last eight meetings overall have gone past regulation. So can't ignore that. Have to sprinkle a little bit here uh, on the draw. Uh, Alex, what do you like here? Anaheim, Detroit. Yes, the only thing that I have is the draw. And like you mentioned, that it's been a strong history. Uh, and like I said, with Anaheim, second night of a back-to-back, and, you know, I could see where they would want to tighten things up a little bit. Uh, like I said, Detroit hasn't, you know, they've gone a little cold with the offense, but I could see, like I said, if they do break out, that still doesn't mean that, that they're going to be, uh, you know, shutting Anaheim down completely on defense. So I could definitely see this one going back and forth and uh, getting past 60 minutes. A, a plus price is worth taking a shot with. Especially a plus 420 price, which is yes. what we have at FanDuel. Uh, with that history, four of the last five head-to-head meetings, Anaheim, Detroit, going to uh, overtime or a shootout. So at plus 420, uh, we've got to look at that draw here with the uh, Ducks and the Red Wings. Yeah, uh, Dylan Larkin, yep. That's another thing, too. That's You talk about an emotional boost. Uh, definitely getting uh, Dylan Larkin back would be that. He's had to deal with a lot lately with his wife uh, and the, uh, the, the, the unfortunate circumstance with their young uh, baby. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, at the Ottawa injury that he suffered in that game against the Senators. But now he's back. Uh, as far as props go, uh, Joe Valeno with Larkin and Kane looks like top line tonight for Detroit. So Valeno, again, just screams value for him. Uh, Debrinket with Comfort and Raymond. I'm a little surprised they've split up Kane and Debrinket. But, hey, Kane and Debrinket together hasn't been working <laughs> the last uh, couple of games for Detroit. So Derek Lalone shaking things up just a little bit as far as his lineups are concerned. So. Uh, that's where we're looking at here. Debrinket birthday, says Cuban. Okay. Yep, that's not a bad angle. You know, it's funny. In the NBA, that happens, too. The guy that has – it's his birthday. It's funny how many times he ends up producing and playing a good game uh, on his birthday. So uh, that's uh, an angle that's worth considering, you could say, for sure. So uh, keep that in mind as far as this game goes. All right, Minnesota and Pittsburgh. Penguins minus 115, home favorite, six the total here in this game. Um, Penguins off an absolute despicable performance against Toronto. Uh, touchdown on the extra point uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs against them on Saturday night. A 7 to nothing beatdown in favor of the Leafs over the Penguins. I mean, handicapping 101 says, don't you want to take Pittsburgh here in this spot? Uh, in theory, you would think so. But, man, it's, that's such a bad loss. And to be honest, even the wins they had before that to snap the losing streak where Arizona and Montreal – it's nothing really to all be all that excited about. And Minnesota, you know, I thought maybe they were going to start, you know, to come back down to earth with John Hines behind the bench when they lost Edmonton and Vancouver. And since then, they've reeled off three straight wins. Seattle, Calgary, and a very impressive uh, shootout win against Vancouver, you know, beating a, a Canucks team that's played some very good hockey uh, of late. So, you know, this is a tricky game for me uh, overall as far as the side goes. I think Pittsburgh's definitely going to, in theory, you would think they want to play a, a great game tonight, bounce back, have a much harder, stronger, more intense effort 
and be a lot better defensively. That's another concern too. Pittsburgh has their issues in their own end. You know, they get they break down in coverage too often. Uh, they get you know they leave their goalie hanging out to dry sometimes. Uh, and uh, Minnesota is playing the polar opposite defensively right now. They are shutting teams down. They're playing a very tight, structured style of defense right now uh, under John Hines. They've given up just three goals uh, in the last three games combined. Um, so I, I, this could be an under, believe it or not, here with Minnesota-Pittsburgh. I mean, Minnesota's not a team I'm looking to bet an over with right now. We've talked about that as they try to tighten things up. Pittsburgh, not so much am I keen on their games under the total, but for one night, you would think, where's the focus have to be after you get embarrassed by Toronto? Doesn't it have to be at the defensive end? That's where it has to start for Pittsburgh if they're going to rebound tonight following that game against the Leafs. So the under actually uh, does make some sense here. If you look at head-to-head between these teams, it's actually been a very heavy over series. But last year in Pittsburgh, we did see an under uh, between these two teams, the last head-to-head meeting last April, which was here in Pittsburgh. So I lean under, I lean draw. Uh, I don't love either one, quite honestly, though. And from a side, nothing for me. I won't bet against Pittsburgh off a blowout, embarrassing loss, but I don't want to bet against Minnesota either. Like, they they picked it up again, three straight wins, uh, and playing really, really tight, not giving up a lot. And Gustafson, in between the pipes, has been great for them, and I probably favor him a little bit over Nadelkovich here in the goaltending matchup. Uh, What do you think here, Alex? Minnesota-Pittsburgh. So I did bet. A uh, small unit, a small half unit on Pittsburgh minus a dollar twenty yesterday, and uh, like I said, sometimes you run the risk of, of you know betting early, kind of getting screwed, and and kind of got a double whammy here because one definitely was not expecting uh, Nadelkovic to start for the Penguins, but also was expecting Mark Andre Fleury to get the start for the Wild, and so now that kind of throws things completely out of whack uh, with the handicap here because that would have been a spot where I think it could have been a close, tight game, would have leaned with the draw, could have seen Pittsburgh winning that game. But definitely seeing Flurry give a better effort than what would have been his last start in Pittsburgh. Now that that's not the case, I don't really know what, what to think of, the, of this game, especially from a total perspective. I would naturally want to go under, but Nadelkovic and Gustafson, like I said, both these teams have kind of, uh, you know, the little bump we saw from Minnesota has kind of regressed a little bit. Can't trust them offensively. We know how Pittsburgh's offense, you know, until this past weekend had just virtually been non-existent. So it's a it's a pass for me. I still got my my half a unit. Uh, you know, might be one that I decided to cash out, honestly. But uh, I could see where Pittsburgh still finds a way to win this game because I just don't trust Minnesota's form. And like I said, I, I believe the regression is going to continue with Minnesota before it does with Pittsburgh. Definitely. I think if I were to look at props, yeah, Boldy, 100% rich. Boldy. Boldy go where no man has gone before. Matt Boldy's been absolutely outstanding uh, for uh, Minnesota since the uh, coaching change. Uh, for Pittsburgh, I'll give you a couple that have value. <clears throat> Again, I don't know if they're going to be able to find the back of the net, but Drew O'Connor on the top line and Valtteri Pustinen on the second line. I've mentioned these guys a couple of times, and you know what? They are getting the opportunity you know, to produce offensively for this Pittsburgh Penguins team. We'll see if they can uh, take advantage of that here. So, uh, the opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, uh, as far as that goes, I would look at maybe those two guys for value in terms of the player props tonight in that game. All right, let's go back to Montreal, Winnipeg. Uh, we've got the uh, Winnipeg Jets minus 250 home favorites, six the total, uh, shaded to the under in this game. Uh, beat goes on for the Jets. What a um, strong stretch of hockey this has been for this Winnipeg Jets team. Uh, they have won. Uh, uh, an incredible amount of games lately, six and uh, actually five and uh, no, six and one, I should say, in their last seven games. They've been uh, exceptional, uh, very, very strong run lately. Uh, beating Colorado not once but twice. How impressive is that? Beating LA 5 2 uh, in LA against the Kings after being down two to nothing in that game. Just extremely impressive from this uh, Winnipeg Jets team. I ain't stepping in their way right now, that's for sure. Uh, Montreal has been a tough team for them, though. I want to point that out. They've won the last two meetings. Now, both of those were in Montreal. Winnipeg's gotten the better of them uh, here uh, in Winnipeg. Very important to uh, point that out uh, in these uh, recent meetings. So it's kind of been a homer uh, series, the home team winning. Uh, Montreal coming off a 5-3 win against the Islanders. But this Montreal team has been pretty predictable. Uh, off a win is in they haven't won another game right after that. They've been bad trying to string wins together. Uh, this uh, Montreal Canadiens team. So not sure I'm ready to trust them to be uh, able to um, 
get uh, keep the win streak going here against the Jets tonight. You know, we have seen some semblance of uh, overtime games with these teams. Three of the last six have gone past uh, regulation. I do want to mention that. And for Montreal, we've seen a overtime or a shootout for them in three of the last seven. So I have a mild stance toward the draw. And that's about it here for me with this one. Nothing in terms of the money line totals. I think it could go either way. It has been an under trending series history, by the way, with these two teams. Three of the last four have gone under. Uh, so it might just be a small bet on the draw for me and maybe some props as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Canadians, Jets. Yeah, I like this draw just as much as I do with that Ducks and Wings. Uh, Montreal, 11 regulation draws this season. As you mentioned, three of the last six meetings with the Jets going past regulation, three of the last seven overall going past regulation. This feels like it could be a tight and slow, low and slow and kind of boring game, to be honest. But uh, that's fine. As long as it goes past uh, regulation, we'll take boring all day long and, and cash ticket. All right, and Jake Allen, by the way, yeah, two goals away from 100 career goals. Yeah, uh, he scored two goals the last time he played the Canadians. There you go. And that was in, yeah, right, that 4-3 game on October 28th. That's an excellent point. Lowry scored twice. So Lowry at least to get one, but if you believe in, yeah, go for the gusto, get your 100th goal tonight, 38-1 to for two goals. I don't, I don't mind that. That's not a bad option there. But to get one, yes. Uh, for sure. Uh, I think it's worth a look here. You're right. He's scored twice against Montreal uh, Cuban. So good thought there uh, with that. I'm going with Gabe Velarde personally. Gabe Velarde's on fire. You bet Gabe Velarde any which way you can right now uh, for this uh, team. I, we knew it was going to happen, right? <laughs> we knew that as he gradually worked his way back from the injury absence, he was going to get better. He was going to get stronger for the Winnipeg Jets, and he's done that. He's now scored four goals in the last four games, three goals, six points in the last two games against the Abs and the Kings, better teams than Montreal. So I like anything and everything Velarde. Goal prop, assist prop. I'd go even over one and a half points on Velarde tonight. Get a really nice plus price uh, for him in this uh, game tonight for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I'll check out Bet365, see what they offer. Velarde, two-plus points, plus 375. How about that? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. There you go. Over one-and-a-half points, Gabe Velarde, plus 375. The guy's got multi-point games in two straight. Six uh, points total in the last two games. So over one-and-a-half points is a great value there, at plus 375 uh, for uh, Gabe Velarde tonight with the uh, Winnipeg Jets in this game, no doubt. Uh, all right, let's move along. We've got Seattle and Dallas uh, next up. Uh, the uh, Stars minus 190 home favorite, six the total here in this game. I mean, I'm pretty damn sure I'm going to be on the first period over. I'm pretty damn sure Alex is going to be on the first period over. It's just, at this point now, it's just been so repetitively cashing in that you have to just bet it until you start losing. Uh, one of these times. And uh, this should be an interesting matchup here with uh, Seattle and Dallas tonight. Dallas coming off the uh, loss to St. Louis. Tough spot, though, for them because it was a back-to-back. -back. Uh, Jake Ottinger had gotten injured the game before against Ottawa. So they had to go back to Wedgwood, you know, on the second night of back-to-back -back games against St. Louis. And the Blues are another one of those teams that since they fired the coach, they can't do anything wrong. They can't lose all of a sudden, and here they are. They've now won two in a row since firing Craig Berube, including a 4-3 win in overtime against Dallas. So we'll see if they can manage to keep the uh, – uh, or bounce back, I should say, Dallas from that loss here against Seattle tonight. Keep in mind, when it comes to these two teams, this is the first matchup since the playoff series. Last year in the second round where Dallas lost – or Dallas won, I should say, in seven games. Seattle lost uh, in seven games to the uh, Dallas Stars in a very uh, hard-fought series uh, going into uh, that one. And to be honest with Seattle, um, you know, they've played better here the last three games. We saw them obviously beat Florida, pound Chicago, took L.A. to a shootout, a very good Kings team, even though they lost that game. Albeit, I will say this, um, they were outshot badly, 38-19. to uh, in that game, really were in it because of Joey Decord. It was very, very good in net for Seattle. And to be honest with you, Decord's playing better and better with each start. And he's, you know, he's getting more comfortable. He's playing every other night now, every game with Grubauer still out. Uh, Decord is expected to be in net tonight, although it hasn't been confirmed. It will be Scott Wedgwood once again for Dallas, of course, with uh, Jake Ottinger still unavailable. So it's back to a Wedgwood tonight. I think this is a sneaky Seattle draw spot for me. Uh, a little split on both. Uh, the Kraken and the draw, 
Uh, I think it's very possible here in this game uh, to, to be a tight competitive affair. Seattle, of course, has gone to overtime or a shootout two of their last five games. Dallas is not immune to close games lately. They've had three games go past regulation in the last 10, including the St. Louis game. The Ottawa game Friday night nearly went to overtime as well. So this is, to me, a take a shot with Seattle here, plus 160 and the draw. Keep in mind, Dallas has not played fluid, strong, dominant hockey in the last week or two. I mean, every Dallas game lately, even in the victories, Alex, you know, not pretty against Detroit. They were down early in that game, came back to win. Not pretty against Ottawa. They were down in that game, came back to win. The Washington game in a shootout, they were, you know, up and down in that game, but found a way to win. The only dominant win they've had of late was the Tampa game, 8-1. to one. Every other game, they've had to work hard for it, and they haven't played 60 strong minutes of hockey from start to finish. So Seattle, the draw, will split between those two, and I'm also going to be on first period over. Lean full game over, but just like most Dallas games lately, put a little more percentage on the first period over. Uh, Alex, Seattle, Dallas. So, yeah, of course, first period over, both teams to score in the first period. And then I am sprinkling a little bit. It's not my favorite, but I am sprinkling a bit on the draw. Uh, it's been mentioned in the chat a few times over the last couple of weeks. Joey Decord, in 18 starts, seven of them have gone past regulation. So he has been a draw magnet as far as in goal for Seattle. And uh, like you mentioned, you know, Dallas hasn't been playing their best hockey. They know they're going to have to kind of tighten things up a little bit, too. This can't be a 5-5 a, a, a five, five kind of an overtime game because, uh, you know, with Wedgwood and Murray now for the foreseeable future, they know that those defensemen know they got to play a little bit tighter up front and make sure things don't get out of hand. I don't expect to see 5-5 five, five anyway with Seattle. Their offense has just been kind of hit or miss, more on the missed part. So uh, I do think we get goals early. Things could kind of slow down, though, in the second and third periods. Uh, so that's why I say I'm, I'm definitely staying away from a full game over. We keep rolling with the first period overs. Both teams to score in the first and sprinkle a little bit of the draw. And there's a player prop that I like in this game as well. Which we'll have at the bargain bin special of the night segment uh, coming up in just a little bit. Yeah, as far as props go uh, for this one, um, there's some good options. I mean, we should see goals, especially early, uh, given Dallas's torrid first period over streak that they're on. Marchment, always a possibility. Um, Duchesne, Sagan, that whole line's been good. Pavelski. Pavelski really did damage in the playoffs, I know, last year against Seattle as well. So maybe a Pavelski look here in this game. Johnston, you know, I could see him starting to get going. I'll tell you what here. Do you ride the wave with guys like Miro Haskinen and uh, Thomas Harley and Essa Lindell, who have been scoring goals lately from the blue line for Dallas? I mean, hell, Lindell got back-to-back games with a goal last week. Not only the Detroit call that Alex had, which was a Hall of Fame-worthy bargain bin call that night, Essel and Dell to score against Detroit. But he had a goal the very next game as well uh, for the uh, Stars against Ottawa. So it's pretty crazy to see that. So uh, don't be shy about you know just putting even you know five ten bucks on you know Harley or Haskinen or Lindell uh, to score a goal here for the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, for Seattle, um, you know a couple of players stand out to me. Wenberg is starting to step up for them. Uh, no question about that. Bjorkstrand, who is a streaky guy. Streaky player, streaky score now has goals in back-to-back games and four points in the last two games. So whenever you see start to see Oliver Bjorkstrand crank things up, you basically ride it until he cools off again, which will happen. Like, he's streaky. He can score like eight points in six games and then go ten games without a goal or a point. So that's the kind of player he can be. But Bjorkstrand is starting to roll right now for Seattle. So that's definitely a consideration as well tonight as far as player props uh, in this game. All right, final game of this Monday card, Florida and Calgary. Uh, We've got Matthew Kachuk uh, taking on his old team and returning to Calgary here, uh, although he did that last year as well. So this is not the first time he's been back there, but still. Nevertheless, I'm sure it's going to be a fun atmosphere tonight in Calgary for this one. We've got the uh, Panthers minus 125 road favorites, six and a half the total. I mean, if you buy into that stuff, Matthew Kachuk props, Huberto props, Uyghur props, anyone that was involved in that uh, last year in terms of changing places before last season. you got Uyghur and Huberto against their old team. You've got uh, for Calgary against Florida. You've got, obviously, Matthew Kachuk for Florida uh, against his old team, Calgary. So, yeah, definitely you could make a case for all of those props, uh, in my opinion. Uh, you've got Calgary coming off a nice win against uh, Tampa uh, on Saturday night. Give them credit. Um, a nice 6-2 to two win, they need, or a nice 4-2 to two win. They needed it badly to snap the four-game losing streak. 
Now they'll take on a Florida team that uh, needed a win in the worst way, quite honestly, because uh, they had had a really bad first uh, or two games in a row on the road against Vancouver, Seattle. Shut out 8 nothing in those two games combined, but they bounced back strong, handed Edmonton a 5-1 to defeat uh, on Saturday. Um, it was just a, a really good game from Bobrovsky. He was on point uh, after a rough game, particularly the, uh, against uh, Seattle uh, a couple of games before that. And even the Vancouver game wasn't great, but he bounced back strong. They capitalized on their chances, uh, feeling good again, going into this matchup against uh, Calgary. Calgary is one of those teams that, you know, you could think they can use the Tampa Bay te- a game and result to their advantage. I don't feel strongly about trusting Calgary again uh, to win. Florida, we'll see. I don't, I'm not fully on board with trusting them either. This is more of a prop game for me rather than anything side or total. You know, based on the series history, I have to lean over because we've seen the over cash in uh, the majority of the recent head to head meetings, seven and three in the last 10. Uh, last year, these teams played twice, both in November, high scoring affairs, both of them. Florida uh, losing uh, or Calgary winning 5 4 in a shootout in Florida and Calgary winning 6 to 2 at home. Uh, against Florida last year. So Calgary won both games and they both went uh, over the total. Uh, I like over six and a half here, and I'm going to look at some props. Like I mentioned, you could sprinkle on any of the players facing their old team. Sharon Golvich. Yeah, that's what we got to call him now. 100% Cuban. We keep on riding the wave with Igor right now for Calgary. He has been on fire for this Calgary Flames team. No question about that. So I definitely think we'll see goals. And by the way, uh, Anthony Stolarz, not Bobrovsky in net tonight for the uh, Florida Panthers. And uh, Markstrom, by the way, back for Calgary, uh, returning from his absence. And you know how I feel about the goalies that have been out for a while. I don't trust them to be at their sharpest. I don't trust them to be at their absolute best that first game back. And Stolarz, we'll see how he fares here uh, in this one. Uh, you know, he's actually got decent numbers on the year, quite honestly. Uh, in the Columbus game, he played okay, didn't face a ton of shots, did struggle against the Islanders. But I think when you look at Calgary, still, I think, have the opportunity here to be able to find the back of the net here uh, against Anthony Stolarz. And I think Florida will score their share as well. So I like over six and a half more than anything else here in this game. Uh, Alex, final game of the night. What do you think, Florida-Calgary? Yeah, this would be a live game for me mostly. I like the overs, but I'm going to try and get better prices on first period and full games. Uh, overs in-game. Also, we'll take a small shot with both teams to score in the first period, plus 150. Like uh, you said, Stolarz, his numbers, uh, they've been okay. But when I look back at his numbers against Calgary, 1-1-1 one, one, and one in four starts with an 8-9-3 save percentage of 3.68 goals against average. So he's gotten lit up against this team in his career. Like you said, it's been a fairly high-scoring uh, back and forth between these two teams. Calgary not as good as as, as recent years, so kind of have to throw that uh, look of, of them. You know, like I said, 10-2-1 the last 13. Kind of have to throw that to the side. Can't trust the Flames in the spot. Can't trust Florida on this long road trip either, laying a price. So to pass on the side and waiting for the uh, end game to grab some better numbers than the totals. Great prop game. This is going to be a fun prop game to get involved with. I mean, for Florida, uh, yeah, Sam Bennett too. Sam Bennett, a former Flame. I forgot about that one, yeah. Uh, there's another guy that uh, might be able to make an impact. That's a good one, too. I could see Sam Bennett being a good prop look uh, here for the uh, Florida Panthers. Now, offense has been a little bit slow to come by for him this season, but he did finally have a bust-out performance against Edmonton. One goal, two assists, three points. Now faces his old team, Calgary. Uh, things just didn't pan out well for him there, so that's a good prop look. Bennett, no question about that. Reinhardt, Verhage, Kachuk, Rodriguez. I mean, I like all of those to potentially make an impact tonight. Calgary, the number one. Like, I don't mind Coleman either for Calgary. Blake Coleman, he's been playing better lately. Connor Zary, we've talked about him. But number one is Igor Sharon Govich, no question. Sharon Govich, not only on a five-game goal streak where he, is, or where he has scored uh, six goals in the last five games, he is also right now on a six-game point streak. And in a couple of these games recently, two of the last three games, Igor Sharangovich is at at least two points. So this is one of those where take a shot maybe with the over one and a half points on Sharangovich. Because not only is he scoring right now, he's facilitating. I've seen him pick up some assists uh, as well during this hot streak of his. So you can get at Bet365, uh, Igor Sharangovich here, to get two points tonight, plus 650. Okay, plus 650. For Igor Sharangovich, over one and a half points tonight. 
at bet365. That's a hell of a price. That's an outstanding price right there. He has two points or more in two of the last three games, and he's been uh, at least one point in six straight games. So if he, he's already got a great chance to get at least one point because he's on a six-game point streak. And when the players get on these point streaks, they are fired up to keep them going, and they'll they'll work they'll move mountains to try to keep the point streak going. So he's got a great chance to get one point tonight. You sprinkle on that over one and a half points plus six fifty. Like I said, that is a that's a hell of a price uh, tonight in a game that I think we're going to see uh, goals between uh, these two teams as well, the Panthers and the Flames. All right, great stuff. That is the Monday card. We appreciate it. 235 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button. This will be, by the way, our last Monday show uh, at this time slot, 3 p.m. Eastern. We will be back to the normal weekday uh, time slot, 2 p.m. Eastern with this show in the new year. So just make sure you're aware of that. That'll be at 2 p.m. Eastern all weekday shows starting in January. Check out patreon.com slash ice guys, $10 a month. All the bonus content is there. The daily betting card, player props, goalie charts, totals, charts, power ratings, and more. Uh, all of it, patreon.com slash ice guys. Unless we get a Christmas miracle with the YouTube subscription abilities to get turned on, we'll be migrating to Patreon with that. And, and again, we've had a great response. I'm seeing a shit ton of new Patreon signups yeah. the last few days. We appreciate it very much. Uh, keep it rolling. Uh, that's where you'll find all our bets daily, uh, the player props as well. Uh, make sure you get there, patreon.com uh, slash guys, just $10 a month. And also, of course, again, probably a little too late for Christmas now, but get some merch, get some gear, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, it is a little too late for Christmas, unfortunately. However, we do have, with New Year upcoming, we've already unveiled it. We got a bunch of new merch that's in the store now. Uh, you know, we joked about it. We've got the the Thailanders and Welcome to Draw Island merch. We've got Draw Season uh, 2.0 merch there as well. We've got the Bargain Bin logo. You can get a sticker. You can get a shirt. You can get a cap with that as well. So uh, a lot of cool new things along with the old standbys. Get all of it at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, exactly. We got tons of new, uh, yeah, themed uh, clothing articles there, with based on you know what you know and love, basically uh, all our favorite uh, sayings here: Thailanders, Draw Island, you know, Toronto Maple Draws. Uh, go on down the list, uh, absolutely. So all of that available at the Ice Guys store. All right, it is time for the bargain bin special of the night. Uh, we are mind blown that the success that we've had. Uh, with these bets this season when we introduced this segment, but it's been a hit. Uh, we'll see if we can add to the ledger tonight. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Where are you going for your Monday night bargain bin special? I'm going back to Big D. It's been a great spot for us lately, obviously. We've been hitting hot with the first period overs, but we got a couple of really nice bargain bin winners uh, with the Stars here as well. We're going to go back to one of those two guys on the blue line, Miro Heiskanen. Find him around plus 600 once again to get another goal. I think that's inc incredible how we haven't seen these – uh, price has changed too much. He's a guy who's been firing the puck more. Like I said, the defensemen are going to have to get more involved at both ends of the ice now with uh, with Ottinger being out. I think we see him get something done offensively. So give me Miro Heiskin. And once again, my man Miro, plus 600, to get a goal here anytime if my bargain been special of mine. All right, good stuff. Miro Heiskin and someone you've cashed with in before. Uh, here on the bargain bin special of the night. And I'm going back to the well with someone I've cashed in with before many times here on the bargain bin special. And his price is still somehow in a few books, not every book, but a few books still above plus 300. And that's the guy we just talked about in the last game. Igor Sharon Govich is somehow for the Calgary Flames, somehow on a five game goal streak and a six game point streak, somehow at Bet Rivers, he is still plus 325 to score a goal tonight. Uh, in this game against the uh, Florida Panthers. So let's go back to the well with it. Igor Sharon Govich, plus 325 for my bargain bin special tonight. I was also very tempted to go with over one and a half points at plus 650 for Sharon Govich as my bargain bin, but I won't go there. I will bet that, but I won't use it as the bargain bin. We'll keep it safe. Plus 325 for him to uh, find the back of the net tonight for the uh, Calgary Flames. That should be a fun game with the Flames against the. The Florida Panthers uh, tonight uh, with uh, all those players on both sides playing against their former teams. So will be a lot of fun for sure. All right. Best bets to wrap it up for this Monday edition of the Ice Guys show. Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like here for uh, best bet? It's a Dallas Stars night. So obviously it's the first period over Seattle, Dallas. First period over one and a half minus a dollar thirty is best thing available right now at Caesars. 
Nine straight first period overs, 21 and five on the year with the Dallas Stars. I'm just going to keep on rolling with this at these cheap prices. So, give me Stars and Kraken first period over one and a half is my best bet. All right, there you go. Stars Kraken over one and a half first period. And you can get that, by the way, at minus 125, uh, minus 130. So, a heck of a price here, as my mouse is not working here. So, we'll see if we can uh, get the uh, camera situation fixed here. Uh, hold on one sec. It's not changing. Why is that? Uh, there we go. We don't mean to keep the camera on Alex this long, but, uh, we're, we're waiting on it here. What's going on here with this thing? All right, hold on. We will, uh, that's what the, the, the challenges of live, um, uh, this is just unbelievable. I'm using the laptop clicker the, and, uh, nothing's changing here. Let me see if I, can I go to me? There we go. All right. I guess uh, we couldn't, uh, put them back on the main screen, but anyway, there we go. Uh, Dallas, Seattle, over one and a half. And by the way, you can get that at like minus 125, minus 130. That's some books of that first period over. So very cheap price. My best bet, let's go to that last game, Florida-Calgary. Let's go over uh, the total here, over six and a half with the uh, Panthers and the uh, Flames tonight. Series history has had a lot of goals with these two teams head-to-head. And I think we'll see more of the same here tonight uh, between uh, these two teams. Uh, And actually shop around here because if you look, there's actually – a six available at Bet Rivers. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, over six minus 120 with uh, Florida Calgary. Uh, I, I'd, I'd rather have the six than the six and a half, obviously, if I can get it. And I can get it with this game. Florida Calgary over six minus 120. Uh, that is going to be my best bet here for this Monday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. See, I can't go back to the main screen here. What the hell's going on? There we go, finally. My goodness. That is beyond bizarre. But finally, we're back to normal here with our uh, screen uh, the way it should be. All right, that's a wrap. Appreciate it very much. Hit the like button on the way out. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex P. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys. (sighs) Ah. <sighs>